Welcome to another edition of the Duan Marrero Podcast. I'm your host, Duan Marrero. Joining me this week is a teammate of mine for Leones de Ponce. Been playing 13 years of professional basketball, the one and only Adrian Uter. Pleasure to have you on the podcast, bro. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. Thanks for having me here, man. You know, let's get it rocking. Oh, for sure, man. Let's let's start off by telling the people who is Adrian Uter and what's your background like and how you got into the whole basketball world. Uh, I was born in Jamaica, you know, when growing up in Jamaica, um, I didn't know much about basketball, really. It was pretty much soccer, cricket, which is one of our main sports, cricket, and soccer, really. So when I moved from Jamaica, I was 10 years old, and we moved to Brooklyn, New York, and my first experience with basketball was watching Michael Jordan scorch the Knicks. And <laughs> even though we were all New York Knicks fans in the house, man, you had to love Michael Jordan. And that right there, you know, that was my start to loving basketball, just watching Michael Jordan. Man, I'm, I'm from Gary, Indiana, and Chicago is right there. I'm on a borderline. I'm up north. I'm like 30 minutes from Chicago. And even to this day, Jordan is still a legend. You know what I mean? When you watched him in your era, what was your thoughts going through your head when you watched Jordan play? It's like... um. It's like a, 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 a work, a masterpiece. That's the way you're just making basketball look like an art. So that's what I love the most, man. And the intensity of the game. Of course, you see Knicks. Everybody wanted to beat them, but they just couldn't because you just one level above everybody, man. So that just caught my attention. And it's like, man, I want to do that. I want to be a player like that. His work ethic was off the chain. I think that goes back to here. I think Puerto Rico is a great island where you could just get it in and work out because it's hot i mean you see where we lift that i love it you know what i mean you and i are one of the main ones that's in the weight room where you get your work ethic from oh man just watching my parents man my dad been working his pretty much his whole life he never slacks my mom when we came from jamaica up to new york um my mom been working in mcdonald's and burger king for pretty much over 20 years so you know just seeing them go to work every day no excuses it gives me no no excuse for me, man. You know, I'm doing something I love and just doing it at a high level. So if it means I got to go to the weight room twice a day, it's nothing for me, man. Because, you know, a lot of people out there, they're working real nine to fives out there, man. And we're just doing what we love, man. For sure. Um, talk about that JUCO experience. You went to Broward College in, in Florida, right? Yeah, shout out to Bob Starkman, man. That's my coach over there, man. Bob always, you see him all over my posts. He, you know, just a great guy, man. Um, Juco, Juco is interesting, man. Um, coming out of high school, I didn't have no D1 offers. I had some big D2s. But watching college basketball growing up, all you saw was Division One. So in my mind, I got to go D1. I didn't know nothing about D2. So actually, I was qualified to go straight out of high school to Division Two. I didn't need a Juco. But like I said, in my mind, I'm thinking Division One. So I just took my talents to um, Broward Community College. And pretty much, you know, it's just a grind, man. It's a grind. Everything, you know, you're out there by yourself. I was 17 years old when I got to Broward. My mom had to go with me to sign the papers and everything. And, you know, it's just fresh. First time in Florida. First time away from your parents, really. It's just like a wake-up call. Like, you got to put on your big boy pants. You got to look out for yourself. You know, whatever it's your meal your next meal you gotta you know everything man just you you just figuring life out pretty much on your own so you know it was a good experience for me man i, I grew up a lot you know it's, i could relate because when i went to depaul university straight out of high school um i tore my acl that's when a life did a 360 change 
because it was like they brought in someone else in my position in Division One basketball or just any other, you know, collegiate sport or just business of sports. Um, they will over recruit you and they brought somebody in because they didn't think that I was going to be healthy fast enough. Um, and I ended up making that transition to Chipola College. And I'm thinking Florida and nice weather, such as Puerto Rico, you know what I mean? But I get to Chipola, is in Mariana, Florida, it's the country. It's about 8,000 people. They're like, yeah, Tallahassee's like 45, and I'm like, I don't have a car. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the only thing I could do is just grind. And after JUCO, what is D2, Division Three, and AI, and no disrespect to those guys because they're a lot of talented people, but I knew I was Division One property. You know what I mean? So I always tell people that JUCO grind, only JUCO people know that grind. How did you know, you know, what made you make that decision to go to Hofstra? Um, pretty much there, um, after my first season in JUCO, I led the whole country in rebounding and I went to a summer camp in Kutcher's. It's up in upstate New York. And the representatives for Hofstra, the assistant coaches, they came and visited me about three times. So they showed a lot of interest. Also, um, Bob Knight's son from Texas Tech, he came up there and saw me. It was a bunch of other little schools. So I signed pretty much after my first year. As you know, in JUCO, you get two seasons and then you pretty much everybody signs after their second year. But I signed after my first year. And Hofstra seemed like a good fit, man. Um, it's in Long Island, which was 15 minutes away from my parents' house in Queens, which was another reason it made sense to me. So, you know, we just signed the first year, and then the second year, I had even better numbers, and I led the whole country in rebounding again my second year, but I already signed to Hofstra, so even bigger bigger schools wanted me. It was too late now, man. I mean, that's a blessing. I, I'm known to be a blue-collar worker, rebounding, is what pays the bills you know what i mean what feeds my family and using that to get to where i'm at today which i'm totally blessed and i think you and i are very very similar in regards of being undersized you know what i mean some clubs be like well he's undersized but he go get you a double double you know what i mean talk about when you had what was it nine blocks in 15 minutes oh man i think that was a townsend game we played townsend if i'm not mistaken it's just you know Actually, one of our teammates, Carlos Rivera, that was my teammate at Hofstra. So me and Carlos go way back um, since 04. So that game, pretty much, at Hofstra, I was that energy guy. We had all the scoring. I came in, played defense, the toughness, all that stuff. And just one of them games where I just felt good, man. I was real af more athletic back then. Anything close to the hoop I was going to get. So, you know, when you're just locked in, you know, you, sometimes you surprise yourself and get these results, man. For sure. How did you know when that time was coming, like, damn, I could really be a pro at this game? I always felt that way because, you know, I felt like I always had the tools once I came into my own, my own pretty much because I started playing organized basketball as a junior in high school. So I still had a lot of room to grow, still a lot of raw talent. So once I got to um, JUCO and I was putting up these numbers, I already knew in my mind I could, I could make some money doing this, man. So once I went to Hofstra and I continued the success of Hofstra, I think my two years at Hofstra was the two best years in Hofstra history. If not, it was up there. So after that, man, I was like, man, I just got to continue to pursue this 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 dream, man. Um, after you signed that first contract deal, what country was it? My first year, I signed to go to Austria. So pretty much Austria is like real close to Germany. So when I first got there, it was cold. 
kind of like New York, but it's a different kind of cold. <laughs> it was just different, man. Everything was different. It was a beautiful country, though. Very beautiful. Um, my first year, I took the physical and had a stress fracture in my shin. So that pretty much nulled the contract. And um, I just came back home. And my whole first year after college, becoming a pro, I took that whole first year off. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I took that whole first year. How was that going through that process? Because I never had that that experience uh outside of college but taking that whole year off of europe basketball how was that getting back into the game for that second year pretty much like um just me being fresh out i didn't know how it worked over there so my, my whole mindset was all right i'm gonna take this year off and then i'll be back next year but when you take a whole year off in europe man that drops your stock pretty much so now teams are looking like oh his first year he took a whole year off man um you got to grind from the bottom and even show yourself even more so that was my experience man um the next year i came back i went to france pro b and i just had to grind and show myself my worth again after you went to france pro b where did you go next because i know you've been playing 13 years and you've been all over the damn world you know um where did you go after france in the situation in france um I was on the team where it didn't work out. I was there for two and a half months. It didn't work out. And me and the team came to an understanding. We both cut the contracts. And then I went to um, Portugal. And that's when I really started to get into my bad guys, I would say. Put up some numbers, got my confidence. Then after that, I went to Israel for five straight years in Israel, man. Beautiful, beautiful place. Beautiful country, Israel. I think you, you nailed it when you said getting your bag and for those who don't know what getting your bag means it means you have the opportunity to just do what you do and put up substantial numbers to multiply next year and continue to grow and progress in your career and I think that's what just basketball right now is like there are a lot of talented players out there but if you're not in the right situation with the right teammates right coaching staff timing timing is everything and and that's why like I said when I signed with Ponce in May. I knew I had an opportunity to fill in the gaps where it was needed. You know what I mean? Like, just find what needed most to help this team move forward. Yeah, you know, that's just, you know, like you said, man, you're that high-energy guy. So, you definitely, every team needs a guy like that, man. I don't care if you have 10 scorers. It's going to be nights where the shots is not falling. And then what? So you need guys like that, man. So to all the young guys out there, man, you know, never put defense on the back end, man. Defense, energy, that should always be one of the key focal points of anybody's game. How does that make you feel? Like some, I take it offensive sometimes when they be like, well, he's an undersized four. I don't know if we could take him. You ever heard that before? I've been an undersized big man. I played the center pretty much my whole career. In Israel now, you know, it's, it's undersized big man in Israel. It's, you know, it's not too many seven-footers because it's an up-and-down league. So I was able to sustain that. I played in the second division my first three years. The teams in the first division were, were looking at me like, nah, he's not ready, he's too small, bomb, bomb, bomb. And what they have is something in Europe called cup games, where the second division teams get to play against the first division teams. And, and the trophy is a cup if you win it. So I got my big break when we played against... The f in the cup game, we had three first division teams we played against. So we beat the first two. I put up great numbers. The second game that we beat Maccabi Haifa, I scored probably like 36 and 16. And after that game, all of Israel was like, whoa, this, this is a serious player. 
So we went to the final four of the cup game, which a second division team never done before, if I'm not mistaken. And then after that, it's just been a wrap ever since, man. That whole stereotype was put to put to shame pretty much after that. And I finally got my chance in the first division. And I never looked back since. I was been in the first division after that. I feel the same way. You know, I, I'm tunnel vision when I hoop because I have this passion that I just love the grind. Um, I just love going body to body with someone in the post and just climbing up for that rebound and getting it. You know what I mean? And when I take that charge, it's just a whole different ball game. You know what I mean? Um, talk about when you came to PR because BSN is very different in most leagues. I don't think a lot of professionals know that. They see the it's Puerto Rico, you're in a beautiful island. But when you step in between that lines, it's a whole different ball game. Um, actually, I've been trying to get to the BSN uh, for, a l for a little while, man. And then they pretty much told me it's very hard to get over here. When I first got here, it was 2013 when I finally got that opportunity. And this was back when they had, um, you had two imports and then you had that, um, that extra player if you have a passport. So I had my Jamaican passport, so I was using that when I first got here and I was playing with Humacao. And you know, I had a solid season. The next year, Ponce gave me a call and an opportunity to come play with them. And in 2014 and 15, we won back-to-back -back championships and that pretty much solidified my name here in Puerto Rico to where, you know, I could still come here and have a job and play at a high level. How was those two championships that you won here in Ponce? Man, incredible feeling, incredible, man. Ponce had the best fans on the island for sure. Gags anybody, they'll tell you. Ponce got the best fans. And when it's playoff time, that whole arena is gonna come come alive, man. It's gonna be something else. You have ten to twelve thousand people, people standing in, in the aisle because there's no more seats, people outside because there's no more tickets. And the whole the whole city, man, the whole city's just they come alive. They love basketball here, man. They're fanatics. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I've, I've never made playoffs here in, in PR. It's my third year. So playing in Fajardo, got traded to Guayama, then got traded back to Fajardo. That situation didn't work out. Now I'm in Ponce. So it's, it's crazy how God works. You know what I mean? you at the bottom of the, of the league, and then all of a sudden you just jump to the top. And now you're able to showcase who you are at a high level with great players. Because when you win, everybody eats. You know, what advice would you give to players that's trying to play professional? How important film is right now? Man, film, film, film. For me, that's one of the most important things. In order for you to really be able to compete at a high level to another player that's just as good as you, if not better, you got to know his moves. You got to study his moves. You got to study his plays, his tendencies, where he likes to go. One dribble, two dribbles. Does he like to post up on the left, the right? These are all vital informations that, you know, if you have you one step ahead of the game right there. So for me, film always been important, man. I always love watching film. And in Europe, that's one thing we always did. Like two days out the week is film. And we really break down things. So, you know, for any young players, man, um, film is definitely very important, man. How important it is for players to have film to give to their agent or their respected team? Because right now we live in this social media era where social media is very important for athletes. Um, because you're able to show your craft, you're able to show your content. How important that is for you, like I said, being a 13-year uh, professional player, how much film you have that you had to distribute if you had to? 
man um from the beginning since a rookie i always did my own videos chopped up my own highlight tapes everything so soon as the season's over i always had my own, my highlight videos ready for my agent here you go do what you need to do with it and you know pretty much a highlight video right now is just to catch the attention of a team okay okay we like and now after that you got to show full games they want to see a full game or two they want to see exactly how the everything looks in the full setting it's 40 minutes but pretty much a highlight tape you don't catch the attention and that's what you want to do you want to catch somebody's attention and go from there hey there you have it man the one and only adrian uter man last thing before we go i just remembered you played uh the jamaican national team um in a brief stint man if you could talk about that experience real quick uh, for those who don't have that exp exposure to, you know, know about the Jamaican national team, how was that playing for your hometown? Um, it was a dream come true, man. I definitely wanted to try it and just to see the experience, feel the experience, man. Um, go out there, do something for the, the, the island. And, you know, we had a real good team, man. It's just, for me, it was very unprofessionalized. It was very unprofessional. It could have been better in, in, in a lot of different areas, but, you know, I did it for the experience. Um, we beat two of the top-ranked teams, Brazil and Argentina, which was never done by Jamaica before. So we made history in Jamaica. And, you know, I was just happy to be there for, for the country, man, for the, for, for the island. And there you have it. Uh, Adrian, I appreciate it, man. We got practice later tonight. Um, thank you for allowing me to come in your residence, man, and just drop free game and knowledge for the young guys, for my community, because I know they most definitely will listen. Because, um, like I said, basketball is a very popular sport, but not everybody could be a professional. You know what I mean? And I, we're very blessed to do what we love and feed our family. So thank you. Appreciate you for having me, man. To all the um, young players out there, man, um, if you have a dream, continue to just live every day and try to pursue it, man. You know, time is short, life is short, and you never want to have any doubts that you never really went for it, man. Hey, um, like I said, stay tuned. Next Thursday, always dropping content. Adrian Uter, you'll have his Instagram. Um, he's very active on there, always in the lab with me. So we're just getting better every day.